I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello there, welcome to episode 39 of the AI Comic Pod, brought to you as always by the Anfield Index. Uh, my name's Stu, I'm flying solo on this one because Rory is fucked off to go and see the sights with his family, having a much deserved break, um, but I'm not completely on my own, I've got Mr Joey Connors with me to, I don't know, protect my sanity I suppose and prevent me from talking to myself for an hour and a half. So that, it's always nice, isn't it? So how's it going, Joey? How are you doing? Everything's good, man. I'm happy to talk about Wonder Woman. Actually, really excited to see this. Yes, possibly more than a lot of us because you are a massive Wonder Woman fan. Yeah, I really am. I think a lot of people, um, oh, well, you and I follow comics pretty, uh, you know, big time. But a lot of people who are just your average moviegoers don't really know Wonder Woman and she's very misunderstood. Um, but I'll talk about that a little later. Yeah. So as you may have pieced together from that intro, we are going to do a, a bit of a two-for-one. We're going to do a, a preview for the Wonder Woman film, which comes out in a few days. And then we're going to have a bit, a bit of a look at, into the character in general, uh, talk some about the comics, because she's one of the, the many characters who's got a new Lisa Life under the, the Rebirth tag in the last 12 months. Uh, and look at the, the cultural side of Wonder Woman as well. She's Obviously, she's a huge female superhero of which there aren't that many she's the equal or the better of many of her male counterparts she's a feminist icon she's a sexual icon so we'll we'll look at some of those things as well so uh, just before we do just in in slightly related news some of you may or may not have seen that it looked like the justice league film was going into some into some reshoots i think it was about two weeks ago that the word leaked out that um, the studio had, had ordered some extra scenes to be done or some previous scenes to be reshot. And as happens a lot of the time with Warner Brothers and DC films, people instantly thought the worst and started thinking, oh, the, you know, the, the, the film's in trouble, this franchise is doomed. And as it turns out, Zack Snyder has actually had to leave the film at this stage and his wife, who was one of the producers, uh, because they've, they've had a, a family problem at home. So Joss Whedon has, has bravely stepped in to try and finish it off. They're, they finished shooting, they're in post-production, and they're just sort of redoing some of the... It's like the connective tissue, isn't it? Some of the scenes that just hold the, uh, the bits together 
they just need some extra things doing. Um, it's not a doomed project. It's actually, from what I've seen, it's supposed to be going pretty well. You know, the, yeah. the, the same was said of Wonder Woman, that it, it looked troubled and it needed some extra scenes doing, but this happens all the time. It's just, th- there's not a big deal made of it with non Warner Brothers slash DC slash Zack Snyder things. People are very critical about them. I'll guarantee the same thing has happened on the Avengers films, everything in the MCU. You you plan out two scenes, don't you? And you Mm -hmm. don't realise that A and B aren't going to transition together. So when you come to do the editing, you think, well, we just need a little bit in the middle that's going to help those two things, or we need to add a little bit more about this character. So I can't see it being a problem. The, the advanced previews that have come out of Wonder Woman, that there's still an embargo. I think it's till tonight. I think, I the, think you're right. The, yep. the embargo was originally till the 30th. We're recording this now on Monday the 29th. And I think that they moved it forward 24 hours. So as of midnight the 29th tonight, uh, full reviews should start coming out. Up until now, people have only been allowed to do sort of one-line reviews saying it was brilliant, it was crap, it was all right, what have you. So by the time the show goes out, hopefully in the next few days, we should be in a position where people will have much more of a feel about what they're going in for. Um, it's it's going to be a huge... It's a huge thing for the DC films because, uh, as we've spoken about many, many times on, on the comic pod... DC need to get some wins under their belt. Batman versus Superman was a bit hit and miss. Uh, on the whole, it was a big success. It made a shitload of money, but it wasn't as good as it could have been. Suicide Squad made a shitload of money, but it wasn't as good as it could have been. Both films attracted a lot of attention and, and criticism around the editing and the pacing and the way they were put together, and it just didn't work. So hopefully, Wonder Woman's going to be the exception to that. Wonder Woman's going to be the film with the casting spot on, the storyline spot on, the villain spot on, and the editing and all the post-production and the the CGI. We just want it all to be brilliant because she's a great character. You know, this is a... She's been around since, what, the 1940s? Yeah, 1940. So she's one of the old ones, you know. She's right up there with Superman and Batman and Spider-Man and Captain America and Iron Man. She's one of the long-running characters... And the fact that we're talking about a female character is pretty huge. There are a lot of other characters, both sexes, who come along and, you know, and, and die down. The, the Flash, I don't think, was around anywhere near as long, but he disappeared. Green Lantern came around and disappeared. Green Arrow came around and disappeared. She's one of the mainstays of DC and is actually part of what is regarded as the Trinity of Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman. They are the three pillars that hold up the DC Universe, the Justice League. Wherever. Yeah, she's a, she's, a, found, she's a, found, a founding member of the Justice League. Again, a lot of stuff that people probably don't know. She's a massive character. So yeah. it's not as she's just a throw-in somewhere. Although at the beginning of her writing career, she was kind of, uh, that's what she was portrayed as, as a woman at that time. I mean, in her first, when she was accepted into the Justice Society of America, they made her the, um, instead of being, you know, Amazon fighting warrior, they made her the secretary, which is horrendous to think about, but that's the way it was in that day. Well, that, those were the times, weren't they? If you'd said to people, right. we're going to write a female character, she's as strong as Superman, 
and yeah. she's going to stand on her own. You know, she's not going to be a sidekick. She's not just going to be running alongside a man. It wouldn't really have gone down very well because women were second-class citizens. And yeah, very hope, much so. Hopefully that's going to be something that will be covered in the film. It, 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 there's already been one bit in one of the trailers where um, Steve Trevor, played by Chris Pine, is introducing Wonder Woman under the guise of Diana Prince. She, she he's introducing her to people, and he ha- what he introduces her as his secretary, doesn't he? Because he does. He he, yeah. he he can't give her any kind of prestige or title, or say you know she's she's an ambassador or something, because nobody would have believed that a woman was in that position. So it's better for him to just put her down as being a lackey or a dog's body or an aide of some sort, because then people will just go, oh, fine, you know she's his, you know she's his second, and she is by no means his second. She's she's not many people's second. She's pretty much on par with anyone that you can ever think of in terms of power and stature. Yeah, yeah, no question. She's um you know, she's basically has godlike powers, you know. She we'll touch on her origin or, origin story now because you and I always we agree on it, but she was sculpted from clay and her mother is queen uh, these Greek names are tough. Hippolyta. But, yeah, Hippolyta. And she was given life by Aphrodite, along with superhuman powers, by basically every Greek god, not just Zeus. Now, there's another story that floats out there, like basically the human male-female sex story, which Brian Azzarello wrote in the New 52, which I, I never forgive him for doing that. But, um, yeah, she's incredibly powerful. But, you know, it's, she was invented by William, uh, William, Molten Mar- William Molten Marston, who was actually an American psychologist. And the funny thing about him is that he's actually known for something else a lot more popular, which would be the polygraph. He invented that. So he was, you know, he kind of came up with this inspiration. It was more him and his wife, and then he brought it to, uh, it was actually Max Gaines who uh, loved the idea. Now, Max Gaines is famous for, you know, national periodicals and all-American publications, which that's what merged into DC Comics. So that's how this all kind of started, but... Um, yeah, as her, I mean, her background is basically she debuted in All Star Comics number eight, nineteen forty one, um, and, and Marston didn't have a whole lot of creative, you know, he wasn't involved in a lot of it. So her early writing, he couldn't stand. He hated it. He basically sold the, the character off, and they turned her into not the idea that he had in his head. You know, he wanted her to be like an allegory for the idea. They turned her into the I- allegory for the ideal like love leader. But he looked at her as more like, okay, she doesn't have to beat everybody up and she doesn't have to be this princess warrior, not to channel my inner Xena there. But <laughs> um, you know, he had a different he had a different view than they originally had for her, and I know that really hurt him a lot. So it's um it, it's a bit it's a bit weird with her because she's changed so much from the golden age to the silver age to the bronze and the modern age. She's been written by so many people. My, my personal favorite is Gail Simone's arc. Um, and Greg Rucka, who writes, well, he was writing the new one now, The Rebirth, but he's since come off very recently. But his arc before uh, the new Rebirth ones was probably my second favorite arc. But, I mean, you know, she has, again, there's a lot of different things about her. Like, it, she's had different outfits, different powers. There was one time... Basically, in the seventies, they wrote her as like a. It was she was basically a spy, and they kind of took away all of her physical abilities, and stuff like that. Kind of ruins a character because you would never see that. 
done to Superman. You would never see that done to Batman. You would never see that done to the Spider-Mans of the world. But because she's a woman and because she's looked at as a, as a sex, sex object by, you know, let's face it, this is mainly a, a male-oriented, dominated, really, business, they kind of just threw her around too much. And I, I don't like that. She's been around for 75 years. That anniversary, I believe, was celebrated 2016. So, yeah, there was a big... There was a big um, deal made of that with uh, getting Gal Gadot and Linda Carter. Obviously, she was the the seventies uh, TV show Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. which has now become the you know the absolute iconic depiction of of Wonder Woman. It's up there with Adam West's Batman. Um, and yeah, it was. It was so recent, and I think a lot of people were surprised by that because last year was also Captain America's anniversary. Yeah, and a lot of people probably didn't realize that Wonder Woman's been going as long as Captain America. But to be perfectly honest, if the two ever met, she could put him down in in no time Easy. at all. Oh yeah, no, it would be it wouldn't even be a fight. The, yeah, the, there's there's very few people in in the comic universes combined, both DC and Marvel, that could touch Wonder Woman because you probably you could you could probably count it on on both hands. Yeah, and, and agreed. That, but that, that's not saying a lot when you think you're talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds maybe thousands of characters and there's probably maybe 10 that could actually put wonder woman down because she is a god in all the various depictions the underlying point is she is a god walking among men you know you you, you take away the the iconic gauntlets and the the tiara and the the god killer sword and the shield which are all being really heavily thrown into the film they're getting yeah, they a really are. classic iconic imagery of the character back Underneath it all, she's a god. She can fly. She's not bulletproof, but she can take a hell of a lot of a beating. And there's not a lot of superheroes that can. You know, one punch from Doomsday, as you saw in Batman vs. Superman, it sends her flying across the floor. If Doomsday had actually punched Batman, he would have put his hand through him, right through him. And you could say the same for a lot of the others, the big characters. If, if Doomsday ever got his hands on, Flash, oh, Green yeah. Lantern, may, I don't know, maybe not Spider-Man because he's got his proportional strength, but Iron Man, you know, he put his hand straight through his suit. So she, she's in the very upper echelons of, of superhero regardless yeah, of gender. Some, and it, yeah, it, oh yeah, no question. And some of her, I mean, she has the Aegis of Athena, otherwise known as the bracelets she wears. I mean, they're bulletproof. They give her a lot of power. She has a lasso of truth or the lariat of Astia, whatever you want to so call it. I mean, these are really cool items that she carries around. And again, like you're saying, very, very powerful. She, you know, she has the. I mean, I don't know how people feel about the invisible plane. It's a, it's a bit weird. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not disappointed that they've left that one out because I think that's a yeah. bit of a stretch too far. But yeah. They- they made it corny, and and it's been out. It's been out for a while now. She hasn't had it. In fairness, for I mean, it's been years since they've had her in that invisible plane. It's been like since the eighties, I think. But you can see why, can't they? But she doesn't really yeah. need it because she can fly. But you know, the funny thing about that is, is when she was first invented, she couldn't. Yeah, it, it was just big jumps, wasn't it? But it was big jumps where she could ride the wind exactly. And then they made it. They, you know, they obviously she can fly now, but just smarter than riding the wind, which. You can't just have her jumping around like a, a big grasshopper. Well, it makes it just sound like a big bird or something if she's using updrafts. But <laughs> that also draws a parallel to Superman because Superman never used to fly, did he? That was the old no, saying, able, 
faster than a speeding bullet, you know, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Superman couldn't fly. Yeah. But for the same reason, he thought, we need to over... There's always got to be characters that are overpowered. Superman is the ultimate overpowered male, and Wonder Woman is arguably the overpowered female, so it, she's pretty much Superman's equal. Yeah, no, so, I agree. She definitely is. So looking at the, uh, looking at the film... I was just doing a little bit of research before. We've, we've already met Wonder Woman, and we've already kind of met Diana Prince in, in Batman vs. Superman. But the, the, the Wonder Woman solo film is going to be set in... It's World War II era, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. Yep. So you ta- you're talking, what, 39 to 45. So this yes. is very much a prequel to what we've already seen of her. She mm-hmm. doesn't age anywhere near the rate that normal humans do. You know, she's, in our terms, she's pretty much ageless because as Batman saw when he found that photo, she hasn't aged a day in 60, 70 years. So he then starts getting the sense of, okay, there's something about this woman that's really intriguing and that's why he's drawn to her because he he, he senses there's something about her. Um, So we've already met her, but did you know... There was somebody from Netflix Marvel who actually auditioned for the role, Elodie Young, who played Electra. Really? App- apparently auditioned, and so did Olga Kurilenko, who was a Bond girl in Quantum of Solace. See, oh, okay. Now, I, I can't see that, because I don't think Elodie oh. Young has got the build, but I looked at a comparison the other day. When Gal Gadot first got the role... She didn't have the build either. A lot of it gets made when when male characters do it, like Christian Bale bulked up a lot for, mm-hmm. for Batman. For Batman. Chris Hemsworth goes through an insane routine oh, to, to get into yeah. Thor. I mean, he's got arms like tree trunks, and normally does. he doesn't. He's, he's well built, but he's not thick like that. Gal Gadot was actually very, very lean. And you look at her now, she's got bigger arms, bigger legs. She's got much she bigger does. shoulders. So... She's she's really, a beautiful woman. So she's a beautiful woman, but she's an intimidating woman now. She's got some serious stature, and that's what Wonder Woman should be. Because if Wonder Woman was quite slight, it wouldn't really sell the character. She needs to be. She needs to look strong because she is. You know, mm-hmm. even though she's a god, she still physically trains to to fight to be able to handle a weapon, to be able to yeah. handle herself when she's surrounded by dozens of parademons in in the justice league film she's got to be in good condition so yeah remember Themyscira is basically they're all amazon warriors that's what they're you know as little kids they're taught how to fight so yeah that that's it you wake up you you eat and then you fight and you train and you fight and you train and then you eat more and then you go to sleep and you do that every day yeah your typical greek story basically like greek greek warriors at that at that time yeah and she looks the part. I, I now I'm, I'm I'm already putting her in that bracket of I can't imagine anybody else doing it. the The strange thing is when she was originally offered the role, they wanted her to pop up in Man of Steel, but she mm-hmm. was pregnant at the time. Yeah. Now I'm wondering, could that have been enough to have saved Man of Steel? Because Man of Steel sucked donkey balls on a, a million different levels. Her cameo could have been enough and it's just another one of those what ifs for for dc where they they tried to get these films done d 
differently or earlier. And for one reason or another, either they can't get the cast or the studios weren't keen, they've not been able to get them done. So if she'd been introduced in Man of Steel, it wouldn't have been her cameo in Batman versus Superman. She could have either been a major player or she might not have needed to be in it at all because then there could have been a Wonder Woman film delivered in the last five or six years. So again, yeah, you just think, think it, you're on something there. If, if they paced it differently, we could already have Wonder Woman now as an established character. So, because we, we've got Wonder Woman, and then very soon after, we've got Justice League end of the year, haven't we? Yeah, yeah so it's coming it, up. Pretty it, it, it feels kind of rushed. Like they—they're obviously doing this. We've got to get a Wonder Woman solo film out because she's one of the main characters in the Justice League. This film should have been out two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's just another thing where if DC had had the forward thinking and the pacing to 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 think about the big picture across fifteen years, maybe they could have got it done. But what can definitely, you do? Definitely could have. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I mean, you saw. I liked Batman versus Superman. I know a lot of people hated it, but but you brought up a good point there. Could her appearance have saved Man of Steel? Her appearance, she stole the whole movie, in my opinion. Definitely. And Batman, Superman, completely. I thought agree. she was. Even though I mean, she, she was, was awesome, she was barely in it. If, if you were to clock really her actual on screen time, it must have been 10, 10 to fifteen minutes, which in a two and a half hour film is nothing. No, it's absolutely nothing. But her, you know, her like um, her appearance presence. at the end, like yeah, her presence just stood out. I mean, it, it, she just when you see her on screen as as Gail Godot, she just looks like. I mean, she looks like a warrior. She looks like she, a fighter. She's tall as well. You know, she, she is tall. She's got to be with with the boots on. She's got to be five ten. So, and she's standing next to Ben Affleck's no slouch. No, I think he's at least six three, isn't he? Uh, ben, Affleck, think, think ben Affleck. That. When he's in his Batman suit, he's actually he tops six four. Oh wow! And he's okay. actually taller than Henry Cavill as mm-hmm. as Superman. Especially when he's, because obviously the new Batman suits are so bulky, he looks like a wardrobe. And she's standing next to him and she doesn't look like a dainty little girl, which is the way it should be because Wonder Woman is many things, but she is not dainty. She is a warrior princess in every, in every sense of the word. And we've got a lot of, a lot of big names in this. I mean, I, to be honest, I'd never heard of Gal Gadot before she was cast as Wonder Woman. But we all know Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. Who's uh, who's playing Steve Trevor? Most notably, he is Captain Kirk. You know, yes, Star Trek. Yeah, the, there's not there's not many people get to spearhead something as big as Star Trek, and he's been brilliant. I've absolutely loved him. So when he was announced, I was made up because I think he's got everything. He's got the serious side. He's definitely got the comedy timing. He's convincing in a fight because he's in good nick. You know, he's in, he's in pretty good shape. Uh, Danny Houston, mm-hmm. is, um, he's playing a Nazi general. I think he's a general. He is a general, and I think there's more There's to more that. to him. And, and they're obviously keeping that under very good wraps. I think he is, he's obviously going to be, I think he's going to be a bigger villain. Um, and maybe that's just a, like a, a, a human-type body that he's in. Yeah, like just, Ares. Yeah, Cause, cause, that's David, what I think it actually is going to be. Well, well yeah, because David Thewlis has been cast as Ares, and Ares, from anyone who's not sure, is one of the hugest villains in Greek mythology. He's the god of war, 
So wherever there is war, wherever there is conflict in Greek mythology, Ares is the one that's pulling the strings or he's the one that, that starts the conflict off. But they seem to be casting them as two separate people. So there's David Thewlis as Ares in his human form and he's playing some kind of a, a minister or a politician and he's really unassuming. And you've seen bits where Diana Prince is stood talking to him and she's got no idea that he's Ares, the god of war. And we haven't, thankfully, yet seen Ares in his full Greek form. We haven't seen him as a non-human. But in the last trailer that dropped, the, uh, the stuff with Danny Houston, there's a brilliant scene where Wonder Woman's fighting him. She's mm-hmm. punching him and he's holding it. And at one point, he actually betters her. He's got her on her back and he's, I think he's punching her into the ground or he's holding her and throwing her around. Now, there's no way in hell a normal man would be able to do that. So as you no. said, there is something about him. Whether it's yeah, whether, of- whether he's being empowered by Ares, because like, General Ludendorff is actually a real person in real life. Like, I, So just so people know, like, oh, that right. was a real okay. general. Like, a lot of people don't have any idea about that, but he was actually a real general in oh, World shit. War II. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, he really was. So that's why I'm thinking that maybe Ares empowers him, because basically, like you said, Ares just wants the world to burn, and he loves fighting. So, sorry, I'll let you go back into the cast and everything. But no, yeah, no, he was a real, uh, real I, general. I, I didn't realize he was, but the, he, he's got to be. I'm wondering if, as soon as I saw that, I started thinking, there's no way that's him. So either, I don't think it's going to be another human form for Ares, because that wouldn't make sense. I'm wondering if it's going to be like Apocalypse, and he's always got his horsemen. I wonder if, like you say, he's picked a few people within the Nazi party or the German government or somewhere else. And he's given them powers and said, right, you're going to be my general. You're going to be a lieutenant. You're going to be my field commander. Mm-hmm. But to make it worth your while, you're now bulletproof. You're as strong as a thousand men. You know, you, I don't know, maybe some of them are going to be able to transform into some ungodly, beastly form. We'll find out. But it's good that this close to the film's release, because the film's out in two days. Yeah. We don't know. Well, it seems as Dr. Poison's going to be in it too, which is kind of cool. Yeah, the, uh, one, of, one of the really classic Wonder Woman villains. Yeah, big, basically her and Cheetah are your probably two that people would know most, oh, I would I think. Would, I would have loved it to have been Cheetah, because Cheetah's one I actually know a fair bit of. Dr. Poison's new to me, so I've had to, I've had to go and read up on it. But I think that was worked out quite easily from the first trailer because you had this person didn't you who was experimenting with Mm. poisons and toxins and a lot of people did sort of go well looking back through her mythology it's probably going to be dr poison but they didn't do what batman versus superman have done dr poison is is going to be the the b villain is um, isn't she but yes you would think so that would make more sense Ares is the big bad and we haven't seen Ares and that's what we should have everyone criticised Batman versus Superman because straight away you knew everyone that was in it they could have left the Doomsday reveal but they dropped it in the final trailer and that ruined it for a lot of people because there was really no surprises left so now when we go to watch it we we were saying before we recorded I'm watching it Friday Joey hopefully is going to be watching it Friday Saturday so within the next few days, we should get that reveal, and it's going to be, oh my god! Because just to see them on screen is going to be really cool. Because they can't really make them. I mean, do they make them as a person, or do they make them as like anybody who knows anything about Greek mythology? 
has seen so many different concepts of what Ares would look like on paper. So it is really exciting. Have you seen the, the figure? The, there's been one, one picture has come out of one of the, uh, the, the action figures, and he looks huge. Oh, he, lo- he looks really? about eight feet tall, covered okay. in, in spiky armor. You can't really see his face, but he looks like he's going to be like a demon wearing armor, which is what you want because he's the god of yeah. war. So he's not going to be rounded and friendly and, and really gently. He, he needs to look sharp and fiery and horrible because he's, he's the, the embodiment of war and violence and all these negative, horrible emotions that have plagued humanity. And yeah, it's, he, he, that, that reason right there is the only reason that Wonder Woman leaves to go fight. Because she has no reason to remember, she. For people that don't know, she comes from an island called Themyscira, or it's pronounced differently. Um, as an American, I would say that. Now, Stu, you might pronounce it differently. Um, it's strange how many different pronunciations are from it, but it's an all-female island, and that's how Steve Trevor finds it. She ends up liking him and falling for him, but she really goes because she's somebody who believes in justice and fighting a good fight. So the misconception is she just leaves for him. I don't want people to think that. It's not that it's the all-powerful woman being held down by the, the handsome man. She goes because she thinks it's the right thing to do from a human standpoint, not yeah. because she's following a, a lover who she wants to be with. So I want people to really, really understand that because that's a big misconception of Wonder Woman that, oh, she's so tough and she, she's so strong, but she follows this man out because she's in love with him. That's not that's not how it is at all. Yeah, it's. I think it is covered in... In one of the trailers, I think she does mention, she does have a line where she says something like, I can't sit by and let this happen because Steve Trevor um, explains to her what's happening. You know, this is a world war. This is going to cost the lives of millions of people. And she feels it's her duty with the power that she's got and the abilities that she's got. She needs to inject herself for the good of humanity, even though it's not what the Themyscarans do. Exactly. You know, they, they... going right back in the mythology, they were part of man's world, weren't they? That's the way they refer to it. That's not a sexist thing. They refer to it as man's world. But they withdrew from it, and now they live on an island that you can't readily get to. You can only get there if you are allowed entry to it. It's something that they've, they've touched on in the, in the Rebirth line. Wonder Woman actually yes. forgets how to get to Themyscira, so she can't get home even if she wanted to, even if she needed to for some emergency, she's lost that ability to get there. And this is all being presided over by Queen Hippolyta. Again, a huge figure from from Greek mythology, played Mm -hmm. by Connie Nielsen, huge name. We've already mentioned Danny Houston, another huge name. Robin Wright is uh, is playing one of uh, the Themyscira generals. She's Mm -hmm. Diana's aunt and um, Hippolyta's sister. Again, big name. From a British point of view, we've got Lucy Davis. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will, will recognise Lucy Davis. So, the, um, what would her, her big thing is um, The Office. And she was in um, Shaun of the Dead as well. She was, yes. So, there's a lot of recognisable names. There's, you know, there's a couple of people in there that I've never heard of. But I'm more than happy to be bowled over by all of them more than happy because i'm i'm very confident about this i'm very excited for this because everything i've seen and heard has been good the all the all the one line reviews i've seen so far have been glowing with praise saying how 
uh, there was a the premiere was the other day and you had a lot of people from the the CW Arrowverse were there so Candice Patton that plays Iris West mm-hmm. and uh, Katie Lotz who plays Sarah Lance they both went and um, Katie Lotz was saying afterwards she wishes that she was a young girl to be able to grow up with this depiction of Wonder Woman and that's what it's about you know for a young girl growing up now to have this kind of a role model in the way that a lot of young boys grow up wanting to be Batman or Captain America, this is going to be huge. You know, you imagine your daughter, for example, she's of the age where she's going to be at some point in the next few years looking up at this film like, oh my God, who's this this woman beating the snot out of everyone? And And she already loves Wonder Woman. I've already talked to her about it many times. Of course she does, as if there was any doubt. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she, I mean, Wonder Woman is the original feminist icon. I mean, wh- whether people like that term or not, she she is the original. I mean, she. The funny part is that she wasn't even the first um, female character to be um, invented. That that goes to Black Widow. I guess a lot of people either do or do not know that. But you know, the 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 creator understood that females are should have more of a voice. He understood that. They're, they're equals. Like men are not better. It's just it's hard to get that generation to come around to that. But he wanted a strong female character making decisions, showing leadership, and you know instead of having the natural urge of a man to always have violence and war, she could counteract that basically with love. You know, so it was it, it was really cool that I mean her again. I give that guy all the credit in the world because at that time. You you wouldn't have seen that. Like that nobody else thought of that. These it, characters it took were, some balls. I mean, oh, it took big you think, balls. If you imagine, it was as you mentioned before. It was pitched to him by his wife. Mm-hmm. So if you imagine, probably ninety nine out of a hundred people at that time, if their wife had come to them and said, "What about a female character?" They would have laughed until they passed out because the idea of a female superhero was absurd. Oh God! And, yeah. and yeah, it's it was really sad that it's 2017 and this is the first big screen film that she's had. You, when, especially when you think that the, the TV show finished in 1979 and mm-hmm. the character just stagnated. They tried, I think it was 2006, to do a TV show and they filmed the pilot and it was Adrian Palicki who played yep. Bobby Morse, a.k.a. Mockingbird in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. Huge woman, 6'2". Tall, she was awesome. statuesque, sure. could beat the shit out of anyone. You know, if, if she wanted your lunch money, you'd hand it over. You wouldn't, you wouldn't fucking argue with her. And I, I, I've seen the pilot, and I actually liked it. She was good, but the way they depicted the character was all wrong. They fucked around with the... She was like, she was the, the head of a, of a global corporation, and it felt like they were trying to make her into Batman or Iron Man. They were trying mm-hmm. to. She was. She was this international um, philanthropist, not a playboy. She was a playgirl, rich playgirl. head of a, a huge company, and it just seemed wrong. But Adrian Palicki herself was very good. But around this time, Joss Whedon, unsurprisingly, was in talks with Warner Brothers in two thousand and five to do a Wonder Woman film, and. The reason I say no surprise for Joss Whedon, because Joss Whedon is one of the biggest purveyors out there of strong female characters. You, yeah, look, Buffy. At, you look at Buffy, you look at what he did with bringing uh, Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Black Widow, in my opinion, is the character that she is in the big screen because of the way that Joss Whedon 
drove this into the into the plot and he made sure that she wasn't a side character she wasn't an afterthought she's an equal to exactly. to thor the god to hulk the you know the scientific monster to the guy in the in the 10 billion dollar suit to the guy with the super soldier serum and there's this woman with guns and a cat suit and she's got no actual superpowers but she's their equal Mm-hmm. So I'm not surprised to know that Joss Whedon was in talks with that. But again, they just weren't able to get it done. He he originally had wanted Charisma Carpenter, who played Faith in Buffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's a good one. Morena Baccarin, as we know from Firefly. She's also playing Leslie Tompkins in Gotham. Um, she was Deadpool's girlfriend in Deadpool. Yeah, And a really weird one. Priyanka Chopra, who is currently, uh, she plays Alex Parrish in Quantico, and is she's the villain in the new Baywatch film, strangely enough. Now, Mm -hmm. at that time, Priyanka Chopra was still a Bollywood star, so this, I think, would have been one of her first forays into Western TV or Western cinema. But after two years, they just couldn't get a script done. And I would love to know why they couldn't get that script done. And without wanting to be over the top, it's probably to do with the fact that he will have been trying to write a script that was about this overpowered female character. And he probably just met with a lot of resistance. That's what I think happened too. The the same Same reason why there hasn't been a Black Widow film. Exactly. there's, There's dozens of female characters that are worthy of films and TV shows. And the basic reason why they don't get made is because there is a fear that a show or a film about a woman won't make the money that's That's exactly it that's why dc are getting so much praise for doing wonder woman why marvel are getting so much praise for doing captain marvel yep you know around to the idea and i think it's not because like you said it's not because people are suddenly having open minds it's basically they said well we're making so much money off these films they're not gonna they're not gonna not make money so let's make them and see what happens yeah like they're huge characters with Huge background knowledges. Like you said, it, there's no reason you couldn't have written a script that quickly. Wonder Woman's been around forever. She has so much material to write a script about, about and it just was, never happened until now. And the, I mean, the movie from the trailers looks fantastic. I'm really excited about it. I, I mean, it's, it depends on – it just depends on the male point of view of it. Like a lot of men will never accept her as being an equal. And it sounds silly because it's a comic book, but it's also real life too. So yeah. Well, it, it is. that At the end of the day, if you want to be cynical, that's what it's about. They've obviously realised we've hit the point, because we're in this golden age of comic book films, if you can make a film about Ant-Man that's going to make, what, it was about $550 million. Something ridiculous, if, yeah. if you can make Doctor Strange and Deadpool, and if you can make films about all of these characters, the out-there ones, the really left side of the brain characters why can't you make one about essentially the female superman because if you want to break it down to what she is she is the female superman because she's so powerful so revered Mm -hmm. and stands pretty much head and shoulders above everyone else i i i really think that if joss whedon had got it off the ground i think it would have been a better film but that's not to say that patty jenkins won't do a fantastic job because she's obviously looking at this now from a female point of view of well, fuck all of you, because the uh, the other big film that she did was Monster, the uh, the, yeah. the, the true life story of um, Eileen Wernus, 
one of the only female serial killers in, in history. And that was a gripping film. That was crazy. It's, that was a really weird film. It was weird as hell. And Charlie yeah. Theron went to an insanely dark place yes. to, to get into that character and to have the look. And I, I think Patty Jenkins will do a brilliant job, but I, I would have loved to have seen Joss Whedon. Because you think what Joss Whedon did with the Avengers, yeah, how, he made how a, he, good a perfect. the Avengers was, what could yeah, he have done so for good. this? And it's it sad... The fact that it took two years for him to walk away, that shows how dedicated he was. Because two years is a long time to write a script. No, I don't want that. Make a redraft. No, I don't want that. It, it's just... He, he must have just been at his wit's end. And it's sad that he's had to walk away. But, thankfully, five years later, in 2010, Warner Brothers really started kick-starting it and they announced he were going to be doing... Uh, the Flash and Aquaman and uh, Justice League, and of course, you can't have a Justice League without Wonder Woman. You just can't. No, it would be. It would be. It just wouldn't make sense. It would be stupid. And people who are big comic book fans, or even not big comic book fans, would see right through that for what it what it really was. And it would be too dangerous because you would be introducing all these new characters all at once. Because by the time Justice League comes out, we've had no Flash film, we've had no Aquaman film. We've had no cyborg films, so that's already half the roster haven't yeah, been true. formally full on introduced with a proper origin story. We've had the little teaser videos, but it's going to be difficult to to introduce four out of six characters all in one go. So we've got Superman, we've got Batman, and now just about they've managed to shoehorn Wonder Woman's origin in there. Um, but it was only 2015 that Patty Jenkins accepted the offer. So 10 years after Joss Whedon's original idea, they got another director, which I think is just crazy. But to give DC and Warner Brothers credit, they didn't let it die. They, they, yeah. they had a setback, and they might have shelved the idea, but they didn't just give up on it altogether and say, right, well, fuck it, we'll just stick with Batman and Superman. Because that's always been DC's downfall. They've always relied on Batman and Superman. Whereas you look at Marvel now, Marvel are pulling in all these characters from everywhere, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, Ant-Man mm-hmm. and the Wasp, uh, Black Panther's coming in. And then they're throwing out things like the bringing the, Inhu- you know, there was supposed to be an Inhumans film, which has now been downgraded to a TV series. TV. Uh, yeah. And they're ramping up the TV properties with all the X-Men offshoots. You know, they're taking all these risks and DC have got to take similar risks. They they can't always play it safe and expect to get the, you know the the billion one and a half billion dollar films because we've had a lot of Batman and we've had a lot of Superman and we need some fresh blood mm-hmm. and it, it looks like Wonder Woman's going to be the the spearhead of this new this new drive to to really get out there and capitalize on the market you know it, it, it's a different era yeah you have it, to do it now you really do because it's everything they're doing is selling huge and everybody basically likes it. I mean, as much as people hated Suicide Squad and Batman versus Superman, I didn't think they were that bad. I mean, your points earlier about them, just not like the cohesiveness and the choppiness of it. They're actually legit concerns, but they weren't horrible movies. Like no. they're watchable movies. One now, and a half billion between them. I mean, that's all. Yeah, that's a lot of money. You, you and that, don't, that was you don't take that much joke. money. If they're, if a film is shit, 
people don't go to see it because the first people that go and see it put word out. If you mm-hmm. had 10 friends and every single one of them saw Suicide Squad and said it was shit, you wouldn't go and watch it. No. Or you no, certainly you, you wouldn't rush out to watch it. But Suicide, both of them had great opening weekends because there was the hype. They, they weren't great, but they were nowhere near as bad as the internet would have you believe. They, yeah, exactly. They really weren't. But if Wonder Woman can't make it now in this climate where any comic book character is going to make $500 million easily, then it will never, it will never be made and it will never be a success. And frankly, totally if, if, if they don't pull this off, I think Rory and I have said before, if they don't pull this off, then they're basically dead. The, they should the, just stop making movies, basically, and focus on TV. Because their comic books, as you and I have talked about before, are doing much better than Marvel because Marvel just water down, waters down everything. They put out too much, and DC's killed it with Rebirth. So, yeah, you're right. If You and Rory are right. If, if, this, if they can't pull off Wonder Woman in 2017 with all the other success of the movies, just stop. Yeah. Because there's no point in making the Justice League movie. Well, it'll lose all its hype. The Batman, nobody's going to care about anymore because Christian Bale was so good. So you're going to put a, a Ben Affleck Batman out there, and it's like, why? Why do I don't that, watch this? Again? It's that's pointless. a really good point. If this tanks, the first thing everyone's going to do is look at Justice League and say, well, this is going to be shite as well. Even though it's yeah. a completely different cast, completely yep. different crew, director, producers, because it's all under the DCEU umbrella, naturally people will think it sucks. And there will be casual... You know, big fans like us, we're going to go and see Justice League no matter what. But the casual fans, if they take a risk on Wonder Woman and it doesn't pay off, they'll go, well, I'm not going to pay 15 quid to go and watch Justice League, or I'm not going to pay $20 to go and watch that. I'll, I'll wait till it comes out on Netflix and I'll watch it for free. Exactly, and, because like it's, you know, they, the studios know they make all their money off of the, not people like you and I, it's the people who don't the, follow it, the don't know the Exactly. They're the ones who want to take their families or just go and see a, a good action flick. You know, it doesn't matter if it's Wonder Woman. That's a helpful thing, but it has to be a good story. It has to be good casting. It has to be good stuff. All, all that good stuff, or they're never going to show up. Yeah, and it, it's what we've praised uh, many of the Marvel films for. We we all love Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is barely a comic book film. Oh yeah, it, not it, really. It's, oh. it's international espionage. It's spy. It's action and adventure. It doesn't feel like a comic film because it's not cheesy. It's personal. It's emotive. It's, it, I mean, it's very personal. It deals with some incredibly complicated relationships. The same will be said of this. You know, th- th- and there's a lot of, of relationships to, to look at. You've got, you've got Wonder Woman growing up on an island of women. She's never really come across men in any way, shape, or form. So she, she at some point during this, she starts developing these feelings for Steve Trevor. She's obviously got this incredibly complicated relationship with her mother. You know, her mother is a goddess, a a, a Greek mythological figure, and she falls out with her mum. She falls out with all of her sisters because she abandons them to go and and fight in man's world. And then her relationships will start being explored in Justice League, her relationship with Batman, with Superman, because then she realises, well... I'm not alone. There's other powered individuals who want to fight the good fight and try and save humanity as well as I do. Exactly. So th- this should be the best time you could ever think of. Because if, if Joss Whedon's film had been done in 2005, that was round... 
That was like first Iron Man, where we're not fears. I think that was before. That was around the first Hulk film. So th- this, yeah, that right. would have actually been. It, it would have been in tandem with um, Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond was uh, two thousand and five, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. That's the first one in the Bale series, right? Yeah. So it it would have yeah, been yeah. Wonder Woman would have been one or could have been sorry, one of the uh, the the cornerstones of of the comic book universe that we know. Because at the minute, it's basically all been laid by Marvel. You know, the, the the Nolan trilogy is one of the corners, but the other three corners are all Marvel. You know, phase one built up everything else, and then mm-hmm. phase two capitalised, and then phase three is finishing it off. Yeah, and using terms like that, people can really... It's an outlay. You know, you see it. You're, you see what's coming. They, they just... The pacing of that was perfect, as opposed to what we were talking about earlier in DC. But... Um, I wanted to touch on the it, it's like the biggest uh, Wonder Woman question ever. It's like is she is she gay? Is she, and it's funny because like you had said it there in Themyscira, they're all women, and you look at it and you go, well, okay, well, obviously it's easy to say they're gay, but the thing is like they don't. It's not really same sex relationships to them because there's no men around, so you don't just say, well, they're gay. I mean, you could say. They've come out recently and said she's bisexual, but it's almost like not the way that you and I look at it because we're brought up in a world where there's male-female. She's brought up in a world where there's just female, so they don't look at it as being gay. They look at it as just being a normal relationship. So I just wanted to clarify that because that's always been the big thing with Wonder Woman. Is she gay or is she not gay? Yeah, and it, it, it's one of those things. It's It, it does come up because you know in, in this day and age, it, it's a big it's a big topic. And uh, it, it was looked at with, um, in the, the aftermath of, of the Suicide Squad and the announcement of the, um, what's it called, the Gotham City Sirens, you know, wondering, well, are DC going to delve into um, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy's relationship? And if they do, they've got to make sure that it's done tastefully. And it, it, it's a hot topic, and it, it's something that a lot of people don't want to touch on. Because if you get it wrong, you just come off as sounding like a bit of an ass, don't you? Really? Yeah, you really do. I mean, it's uh, again, you can't. It's it's easy just to be like, yeah, they're you know, she's gay. Um, but yeah, you, you have, it's a sensitive topic. It really is, and and she's not. I mean, to be on an all women island, it, it's it it makes sense that she was in a relationship with some women. I mean, she probably had sexual intercourse with them. Yeah, of course she probably did because that's all they knew. And then this guy drops in, so. Obviously, in different written comics throughout her seventy-five years, she does marry him. Um, you know, Steve Trevor. So it's you know, she's that's why they classified her again very recently as bisexual. So a lot of people struggle with that, but it's like, well, the po- that's not like the point of her character. You know, you're missing the point of it if that's all you look at her as. Yeah. Well, it, it is. It, it's sad that to a lot of people, that's what it boils down to. I, I remember around the time of Batman versus Superman, we mentioned that. The first thing people focused on about Gal Gadot's depiction of her was people were saying her boobs are too small. As soon as the pictures of her in the the iconic classic armor came out, the first thing people focused on was a chest. Exactly, it, which it, is a shame. It, it's a shame that it boils down to that. Because it, it does for because it's a male audience. That's why. Yeah, and Patty Jenkins has has made sure that they have steered clear of that. They they haven't sexualize the character because she isn't if anything she's she's under sexualized because 
that's not what Themyscira is like. You know, she lives on an island where exploitation of, of, of women isn't a thing. You know, the women are just what they are. They, they aren't exploited. They aren't made to feel bad about themselves. They aren't subjected to peer pressure to look a certain way or to act a certain exactly. way. Be- well, I suppose they are, but the way they're supposed to act is to beat the shit out of people rather than to, you know, lose weight and look wonderful. So I, w- I do wonder if that, that would be an interesting thing for her to briefly have to deal with in the film. But to basically anyone, I, I would like it if there was a scene where somebody comments on her appearance and she just punches them in the face. Like, I don't give a shit what you think about what I look like. I could break you in half with my little mm-hmm. fingers because that's what she is. You know, she's a fucking ass kicker. Yeah, she's a fighter. And she, I mean, of course they're going to, as you know, comic books are always going to draw women as beautiful women. That's just, that's just the way it is. It's always been that way, whether I agree with it or you agree with it, it just, She's always been drawn as a beautiful woman, and of course they're going to be very buxom. Their bodies are going to be perfect. Their faces are going to look perfect, but that's not what she's supposed to be about. That wasn't her original idea of creation, and you can't control 70-some years of people making her into, like I said earlier about Jim Lee, like he gave her pants. Wonder Woman should never be wearing pants. It just it looks stupid. That's what it they does- did in the, uh, in the pilot with Adrian Palicki, and it looked wrong. It's just dumb looking. Like you just don't. You have to give her her classic look, um, and and they look like they nailed it pretty pretty well in the movie. Um, her tiara is different, but I'm okay with that because the one she's wearing now is really really cool, and the rest of the outfit is you know basically the one from Batman Superman. So uh, that was really good. The sword and the shield looked spot on. Um, They've tweaked the it, armor though, haven't they? Because a lot of people complained colors that, that it was really really dull. And now yeah. when she's wearing it, it looks a lot brighter. But I like the way they've done that because now what they're implying is it was dull in the 1940s and because mm-hmm. it, it's old, so this this bright, shiny metal has now dulled and rusted and presumably has been splattered in blood so the iron is oxidised. And it look, now, looking back on it, it will look like the uh, the armour in Batman versus Superman. It's not dull, it's worn. It's you know she's been wearing it and fighting in it for sixty seventy years. Yeah, she doesn't change it. You know, it's she's using the same. You know, when they get their armor, it's like the, it's like a that's birthright it. for it. That's the only one they get. Like that's that's how it is. So, and I, the other thing I wanted to touch on too before I know we're going a, a bit long here, but um, her name, uh, you know, her on her island, her name is not Diana Prince, but on Earth, her name is Diana Prince, and where she got that from is. During the creator's run on his comic book, Marston, William Marston, she got that from the, when she came first came to this our world. It was the name of an army nurse whom she met. And that nurse wanted to leave and go see her fiancé, and this is during World War II. And she basically could, didn't have the money to do it, so Wonder Woman said, I'll give you the money. You basically disappear, but I want to take on your name. And that's basically how she got Diana Prince, which I thought was pretty cool. And they they've slightly changed that, haven't they? Now with um, in rebirth, uh, well, in, in the film as well, Steve Trevor is introducing it, and someone says like, "Who are you?" And she says, "My name's Diana, Princess of Themyscira." And he jumps in and goes, "It's uh, Prince uh, the Di- Diana Prince. That's a name." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, <laughs> like I like the way they've done that. They've sort of, you know, they've humanized it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. So um, I think we, we've covered the film. Hopefully, we've covered the film pretty well. Um, the, the the plot's pretty 
as as we've explained it it's her coming to man's world she realizes there's the uh the threat of of Ares. what i'm curious to see is how does it end what 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 does it end on what because they obviously win they obviously Ares retreats in some way either she kills him or she just knocks the shit out of him and he has to go and recover i'm curious mm-hmm. to see how she leaves it because she's now stuck in man's world, she can't return to Themyscira because she's been, she's basically exiled because she chose to leave. So That's she's, right. she's going to find herself. She's come over for this mission, mission accomplished now. Well, now what's she going to do? She needs a life. She's going to need an income. She, she's going to need something to do. And it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to bridge the gap between the end of World War II and her cropping up at, at Lex Luthor's party. In, uh, in Batman versus Superman, what was she doing for that entire time? Where has she been? Who she met? And I would suspect that's probably what they would look to do in a sequel. Because Patty Jenkins has said she would love to do a sequel, but I think she knows it's purely dependent on the money. Mm-hmm. They've got to make oh, at question. least yeah. five, five to six hundred million dollars for a sequel to even be talked about. Yeah, I would I would agree with that, and I and honestly I think they're going to have no problem doing that because I think the movie's going to be awesome. Um, I think you'll be talking Batman versus Superman figures. I think you'll be looking yeah. seven, seven to eight hundred million dollars because that's generally what you make these days off a comic book film, especially no it, it does have a good buzz about it. There was a few early reviews that came out where people were poo pooing it, but I think people were were rubbishing it based on the fact that it's a DC film. And that Batman versus Superman was a bit of a disappointment to some, and then Suicide Squad was a bit of a disappointment. So people are trying to sort of lower expectations. But after the premiere last week, all the talk I've seen has been glowing that she's great, the story's great, the villains are great, the action from the the, the trailers looks brilliant. Because you, you're talking a woman with a sword and a shield. You know, she's not got projectiles. She's not well. She has. She's got the. The tiara can be thrown, but I don't know whether they're going to do that. Yeah, I'm curious to see like what else what else they're going to do. Like, I, but they left that open, which I, I like. Like, I don't need everything explained to me beforehand. Yeah, one thing I'm pleased they did do they they hinted in the first trailer of the Lasso of Truth, and in the last one, you've now seen it formally where they've got Steve Trevor on his knees and he's got the lasso wrapped around him. And he's explaining why he's there and he's trying to resist and he says that it feels hot. And I like the fact they're really drilling down into the lasso because it sounds like a bit of a corny gimmick, but it gets used so often by mm-hmm. Wonder Woman because it's a weapon anyway to restrain people, but then also as a, as a means of interrogation. So why wouldn't you use it when you've got a man? And most of the women on the island have never even seen a man. You want to know why he's there. They obviously think that it's part of some invasion. Sure. So, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, it, it, you know, you, you've got the woman with a sword and a shield, and she's going up against machine guns and and bombs and uh, mortar cannons and stuff. And and you've seen in the trailer, she's using the shield and she knocks a grenade. She's obviously mm-hmm. doing the classic pose with the gauntlets to deflect the bullets. Yes. It it looks true. It looks very reflective of the comics. Very reflective from what I've seen. And I'm I'm massively, massively excited for it. I am too. I really am. I I, I know um, Spider Man's coming out, and I'm just as equally excited for that as I am for Wonder Woman. Um, 
Again, though, I'm a massive Wonder Woman fan, so that I know that plays a part in it. But the film from the trailers does look really good, and I know that can be misleading, but the actors look spot on, the actresses and actors look spot on, and as long as the story's good, it's like it's going to make a ton of money either way. But if the story's good, it'll get a second one, and then they can turn her into basically their kind of go-to person instead of you know back off Superman because yeah. he's impossible. He's impossible to do on screen, and like I, I personally wouldn't have done a reboot of Batman that quickly, but they already have, and we'll see how they play out. But I would, I would make your focal point Wonder Woman. It, it'd be interesting to see if they've got the balls to do that because it's going to be it, it's a big ask, isn't it, to to not lean okay. on on Superman? I've just been having a quick look at all the things that Greg Rucker's done because I knew that Greg Rucker was one of those tier one comic people but jesus the things he's been involved in oh yeah <laughs> i mean ju- just on the dc side some of the stories i mean he was one of the major people in blackest night um and final crisis and he's been involved he was a huge batman writer as well i didn't realize he'd done that much stuff yeah, yeah no he, he's done a ton of stuff and he's done a lot of daredevil as well and, a and lo- he just like lot he, he just recently yeah he's just recently left uh, Wonder Woman for the rebirth. Like he, he didn't want to, but because of all the other stuff that he does, he just um, I don't know who I can't remember who's taken over, but he just recently um, said that he's not going to be writing it anymore. I have to think like the twenty fourth one. Right. Okay. Well, that seems like a pretty good way to uh, to segue over briefly to the comics. Um, when it started, I di- I was actually subscribing to to Wonder Woman, but I dropped it after about. 10 episodes because I, I struggled with the pacing. I liked the way they depicted the character, but they would do, she was a, she's a bi-weekly comic. So one week was dealing with one story and then the next week was dealing with another story. And I was finding that really difficult to follow two stories about the same character at the same time. Cause one of them was dealing with the, the cheater angle, wasn't it? And the other yeah. one was dealing with going back to, uh, to Themyscira with, uh, with Steve Trevor um, trying to so, figure out what's right, what's real, and what's not real. Which yeah. is, again, that could be like you're saying, slow pace. And the cheetah angle is very different. That's a much different cheetah than we're used to seeing. So, yeah, they've they've humanized her, haven't they? Big they, time. They've really gone sort of into the the, the mythology of how cheetah was formed. For anyone mm-hmm. who's never never read, cheetah is to Wonder Woman what the Joker is. To, to Batman, to Batman yeah. and what Lex Luthor is to Superman. You know, whenever Wonder Woman's there, Cheetah's there in the background. She featured very heavily in the Justice League um, animated show, uh, Justice League, which then became Justice League Unlimited. There was very often the Justice League would be on a mission and a Batman villain would come in and it might be Bane. And then a Superman villain would come in and it would be, I don't know, Metallo. And then when a Wonder Woman villain came in, it was generally either Cheetah or Giganta, you know mm-hmm. they, they they use the same block of characters. So Cheetah is out there in the, the sort of wider comic fan base, I suppose. And yeah, because I, Wonder Woman doesn't have a lot of you know like Batman like known characters or villains, I should say. Yeah, you know she has normal like like Ares we were talking about earlier. Everybody knows Ares just because of the mythology, but regular villains, there's not a ton. I could only name three, and that would be Ares, Cheetah, and Giganta. It, it, it's the same as I've, I've said in the past about Daredevil. I don't think Daredevil's got a really great rogues gallery. I mean, you look at Batman, 
you're spoiled with Batman. You've got a, a yeah, two or three big. dozen. You look at the Flash. The Flash's rogues gallery is brilliant. Spider-Man, shitloads. And then some characters just don't seem to have that that sort of depth. But yeah, it's I, weird. It's really strange I why, they, why it, that is. It's because with Wonder Woman coming from the background that she comes from, you've got to have characters that come from a similar background yeah. with a similar power level because otherwise she would crush them. You know, it, yep. it, there's got to be an element of And she's of, not of on balance. Earth, too. So that that's a big... You know, when you're not on Earth, before they got into all the other stuff with Earth 1 and Earth 2, that wasn't, you know, that's kind of still pretty recent. Yeah. But she lived on an island by her, you know, with just her people. So there wasn't a lot of um, villains, per se. Yeah. So that that would be... That would be interesting for a sequel. I would like, if they do get to a Wonder Woman 2, to pursue Cheetah, take it back to Themyscira, and, and do what the Rebirth comic has been doing and look into the how... Oh, I forget her name, but she, she was a, she's a professor, isn't she? And she gets cursed and she becomes this half-woman, half-Cheetah character. And I'd mm-hmm. like them to, to go into that because it's a different... It's a completely unique villain. We all know what happened to the Joker. And we all yeah. know what happened with, oh, um, loads of Spider-Man villains. We all know what happened with Dr. Octopus and stuff like that. And in the same way that Spider-Man Homecoming is doing an original one in The Vulture, it would be good if they went away and did a really original one in Cheetah. Or Giganta probably wouldn't be an easy one to do because it would be so heavy on the CG. Because Giganta is just a giant woman. She's about... Um, yeah, she's huge. <laughs> she's about 30 foot tall, something like yeah. that. So it would be a relentless amount of CG. It would just sap the budget. I think the one um, villain you could probably do because they brought him back in Rebirth is Maxwell Lord. Like he yeah. would be a good because of his, you know, just of the character and all that. And, and he has been recently brought back into the comic book. So I think that would be neat. But you're right. Like the woman, the gigantic woman would be like, I don't know how you could, that, would, that would come across. In a film? Maxwell Lord would be an interesting one. Maxwell Lord's... I mean, he's basically he's a psychic, isn't he? If you boil it yeah. down to its base yeah. level, he, he's a psychic, but he's incredibly clever. He was involved yes. in, a, in a brilliant arc. Um, I mentioned it before, the, the Countdown to Infinite Crisis, and one of the offshoots was the, the OMAC project. He was, he was kind of like the, the, the chief executive, wasn't he, of the, the Justice mm-hmm. League of America, which is the offshoot of the Justice League. It's not the A roster, it's like the B roster. So it had some of my favourites, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, were in there. Um, at one time or another, Batman's been in there, and you've had Guy Gardner, uh, when he was a Green Lantern, he was in. And I think Martian Manhunter's been in. Uh, Red Tornado, I think, was in there. So you've got characters that you know, but you're not. Not Batman, Superman, Flash, Aquaman, Wonder Woman. And he was basically, he was undermining them and he was, he was conniving and, and he was manipulating them and he, he, he created a situation where he was trying to wipe out superheroes using yeah. these incredible, um, they were like robotic sleeper agents called Omax where a person at any point could be activated and they turn into a robot and they've got, you know, they can fly, they've got energy beams and their, their mission was to wipe out metahumans and i kind of hate maxwell lord because he killed ted cord the original blue beetle and i really fucking hated that because blue Beetle's one of my favorite shit characters yeah i know he is you love him <laughs> he's really crap 
he doesn't really have any powers. No, he doesn't. He, he's, he's a genius. He's an inventor. He's a facilitator. And he's another character that's been brought back in uh, in Rebirth. Another right, uh, another wrong that they have tried to right. Uh, but yeah, Ma- Maxwell Lord's a good shout because if they did, Maxwell Lord could then be used as a villain in other superhero films in in the DCEU. He could then be used as either a major or a B villain in a Justice League follow up. Because of his, you know, he, he's he's along the lines of Lex Luthor, isn't he? He's not always the guy that's. Exactly. He might not be the guy that's in the battlefield, but he'll be the one that's created the scenario. Like Ares, he's the one that's pulling the strings. He's put everything into motion. And he's he's put Superman, Batman, the Justice League, whoever, in this scenario where shit's going down and they've got to do something. That Yeah, I'd be interested in that. And he would be easy to do because he's not, you know... Yeah, he's not like a... He doesn't need a, a cape or a, a superhero suit. He's no, just he's not he's a guy be, behind He's not going to be lifting anybody him. over his head. He's not going to be smashing exactly. holes in walls. He can just be a guy sitting behind a desk. Clever guy, a clever guy sitting behind the desk, desk plotting on somebody to kill. And that's, you know, it's kind of like, um, who's the guy, the big boy in uh, Daredevil? I'm losing this track of King his. Pin. Thank you. Yeah, just like Kingpin. Now, Kingpin's a little more hands-on, but he sort of does that same thing. And, and very and often, Lord, doesn't, all. he doesn't use his powers, does he? Because when he uses his no. powers, it creates problems. The more he uses his powers, he gets nosebleeds, he blacks yes. out. And basically, mm-hmm. if he used his powers all the time, he'll kill himself. He would die, exactly. So he, he, he doesn't use it very often, but when he does, he's a, he was able to mind control Superman, I think, at one point. Yeah, yeah, he was. And, you know, if, if you can control Superman's mind, because Superman's not vulnerable to a lot, only really magic and very high-level telepaths, I think, other than kryptonite, obviously. So yeah, that, yeah. that goes to show the, the power level that he's got when he wants to. That, yeah, that would be a really interesting one to, to go I, down. Yeah, I, think, I just think like, Cheetah, like, that and her, him and Cheetah might be the two easiest to pull off. Mm. And even then, like, Cheetah is going to be difficult because you, you really have to nail that costume and the makeup without it looking really dumb. You'd, so, be looking at, you'd be looking at the Mystique kind of level, wouldn't you? You'd need somebody yes. who's going to, or Gamora as well, somebody who's going to be head-to-toe, body makeup, with a little bit of a costume over. Because she is, as the name implies, she's, she's crossed with a cheetah, so she's going oh, yeah. to be furry. She's going to need feline features. She's like her face. Exactly, her face needs to look like a cheetah, or it's not going to come off right. Yeah, and and she's she's strong, she's quick, she's incredibly agile. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, yeah. Well, there you go. We've basically sorted out a plot for Wonder Woman too. So we just need to, <laughs> if you can try and get Patty Jenkins' email address, and we'll pitch it to her, and then we can both retire happily to our own little island in the sun. So, well, not in the sun. I hate the sun. You can you have an island the in the sun. I'll have an island in the fucking snow. That'll that'll there suit me. You can move to Maine and then hang out up there. <laughs> yeah, I can, eat, I can eat Maine lobsters all day. What, yeah, more, what no, more do we need in life? Nothing wrong with that. It's, a be- it's beautiful. It's um, summer. Summers are great up there, so you'd love that too. So, Sounds good to me. There you go, folks. We've made a plan. <laughs> um, is there anything, anything else you want to cover? Comics or film or just character in general that you think our lovely friends need to know about? No, I think we... I, I definitely wanted to talk about you know her name, how she got that... Um, you know the bisexual thing. We talked about that. We talked about her inventor. We, I think we covered everything. I, I, I really think we, you know, it's you and I could sit here and talk for four hours, but people don't want to listen to that. So no, I think we covered just about everything. Yeah, cool. 
Okay. Um, is there anything in that case that you need to plug? Any pods or articles that you've got on the go or anything coming up? Um, I'm definitely doing a lot more Legends pods. Uh, I'll be doing one tomorrow with Stevie Grieve. Um, we're going to do uh, Thierry Henry. Cool. And uh, Stevie's a big-time Arsenal fan. Uh, I've been doing a lot of on-the-box stuff with gags. I may or may not be doing tomorrow, depending on if I have the time. We'll see. Um, and one big special happy birthday to Wilson. Yay! His dog, we can't let that go without yes. saying that. <laughs> It's a Happy shame. birthday, little buddy. Yeah, my little guy's two today. Well, we think he's two. He's a rescue dog. So we don't really know when he's born, but it's his birthday, and we made him look like a dick before by putting a hat on him, which is <laughs> I ace. See no picture, so. <laughs> um, as for us, uh, apologies, we've been a little bit absent. Um, between work and me not being well most of the time, we've, we've really struggled um, getting, getting issue, um, episodes out there. We've still got the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 um, review to do. That's been a, a logistical nightmare because we want Chris to come back on with us. But between Rory's work in my health and Chris being in South Africa with his work, it's a nightmare getting the three of us synced up. Uh, we've still got Ali Thompson coming on to do the Ant-Man review. That one's all prepped, ready to go. We've got a bastard of a quiz ready for him. Oh, um, nice. Which Because we haven't done a quiz for fucking ages. It has been a long... I, you know what? I actually stole your guys' idea from that and started doing quizzes on all my shows, which Go people seem it. to like. They're fun. Yeah, yeah they're fun. everyone likes the opportunity to be well and truly embarrassed about something that you tell everyone you know <laughs> a lot of stuff about. Because don't forget, we didn't exactly cover ourselves in glory when we were quizzed. That's true. Well, that was that. the one that Gags gave you was the one that I made up, yes. which you guys didn't know about, and... That was a bit, to be fair, that was questions that nobody would really know. So <laughs> Yeah, so we haven't done one of them since, bloody hell, uh, October last year. So when when we get Ali back on, um, he'll be doing a, an Ant-Man quiz, so that's good because most of, of the listeners to this show seem to like Ant-Man. It gets good figures whenever, whenever we, uh, we talk about it. Um, and Joey, assuming that our calendars don't fuck up, we should be doing a Batman comic pod comic yeah. comic pod uh, next yeah, week yeah. Uh, so we're going to look at uh, a follow-on from our aquaman rebirth that we did a few months back uh, we're going to look at batman rebirth as a whole because batman's got multiple titles there's all-star batman there's batman there's detective comics and then you've got all the offshoots so you've got batgirl who's got two titles batwoman nightwing and red hood so what we're going to do is we're going to do the Bat family together as a rebirth pod, talk about the characters, some of the storylines, and we're also going to do a bit of a look back at some of our favourite Batman storylines from history. So going back, you know, I don't think we've touched on anything past maybe the early mid-80s. So we're going to be looking at some of the really big hitters, maybe like a top five Batman stories. So... We know we've got a lot of Batman fans out there, so please stick with us. I know the, 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 the pure comic pods can be a little bit hard, but we're going to try and make it a bit more accessible by not just talking about the comics that are out now. We want to look at the historical stuff, the things that you will have read if you like Batman. And if you don't, then maybe we might you know, whet your appetite a little bit and you might go out buy a few graphic novels. Because there's been a few people since we did our Rebirth pod have been asking Joey and I for recommendations, and I, I can think of maybe yeah. three or four people that have asked me, 
and it's yeah, brilliant. Sure. I love the fact that people have got from me what I got from Joey because it was you really. You you got me back into wanting to buy comics, and now we've done the same for other people. And people are saying, "Well, give me five DC and five Marvel, and I'll I'll put a, a list together." Yeah, and it's it's great to talk about, man. It's something like I know Twitter at times can be like, "Oh my god, this is boring," but like it. We have our own little kind of special group that talks comics all the time, and it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, Stu and, I, Stu and I basically talk comics every day, but it's nice to you know put other people in there, and it's difference of opinions, and I learn stuff all the time, like I, titles that I don't know, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna check that out. And we all like different things. Everyone, you know, some people want the cheesy side, some people want the the pure action side, other people just want to stick with what they know. If you want to get into comics, you can't go wrong with Batman pretty much that's my headline for comics if you like comics you like batman if you don't like batman you don't like comics sorry yeah he's totally dead on there because batman has any any storyline you can think in your head it's been done by batman writer at some point yeah at least two or three times yes at least and it's always been done brilliantly so stick with us if you want to talk comics you know where we are come and come and talk to us chew our ear off if you want recommendations for current things old things tv shows we're always at your disposal uh thank you for listening uh we've gone on a little bit so sorry gags and sorry nina for doing what we do every week or every episode (laughs) even though we say we won't we'll be back with you soon thanks very much you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.